0: They really thought they had Jesus, didn't they? It was a Sabbath meal, and he was on their turf. Not just was he on their turf in the home of the leader of the Pharisees, but they had him pinned back on the one-yard line, and there was no hope for him. So they thought. It was the Sabbath day, and that meant Jesus wasn't allowed to do any work. Sure, when it was other days of the week, he could be out and about healing all kinds of people. He could say whatever he wanted to out there, but on their home field, on their home turf, on the Sabbath day. There were rules, see? And Jesus had to follow their rules. They had him right where they wanted him. They had him down there at the bottom of the table in the lowest spot. In fact, Jesus was so low. Jesus was so low in honor at that table that he was embarrassed, surely, right? They had planned it all. You can imagine them plotting together that cabal of Pharisees, you can imagine them plotting, how can we put Jesus down? Because when he's out there, he's getting all kinds of praise. When he's out there, he's doing all kinds of things. But if we can just get him on our turf, if we can get him on the home field, so to speak, we can pin him down, right? We can imprison him and we can make him look like a fool. They put Jesus so low that they put this guy with dropsy ahead of him. Now, when we hear the term dropsy, we might think of football. In my house, if somebody drops something, they have dropsy. So my kids laugh when they hear somebody who has dropsy. They think, oh, Jesus healed a guy who just dropped things. But that's not what dropsy means. Dropsy dropsy is a term that has to do with the body retaining water, swelling up. Maybe you've had that experience. I think most of us have. When you twist an ankle or you twist a knee, it swells up. Well, suppose, suppose that not just for six weeks or whatever, but suppose your whole life, your body just retained water. That's what that man was. He was a man who was severely, severely damaged. He was a man who everybody could see something's off with that guy. He was the kind of guy, the kind of guy that people avoided. He was the kind of man that if you were sitting next to him at a party, you'd be like, how do I get out of here? <laughs> I don't want to be seen with this guy because people might associate me with, you know, dropsy over here. I think it's instructive that he's not even named in our text. And to the Pharisees, it really didn't matter what his name was. He was just a useful Tool. He was a fool to them. He was something to be objectified. He was something to be manipulated and used in their scheme to make Jesus look bad. And so they pinned Jesus down there with this poor man with dropsy. And they thought they had him. They thought they had Jesus. Oh, how embarrassing it'll be for him. He'll have to just sit there all night long. Everybody will look over at him and see that he's even lower than the guy with dropsy, and he can't do anything about it because it's the Sabbath day. And on the Sabbath, you're not allowed to do anything, you just have to sit there. But nobody gets Jesus, do they? Jesus is master. Nobody gets him. Nobody holds him. Nobody pins him down. Jesus is just as comfortable on the one-yard line as he is in the red zone. Nobody pins down our Lord Jesus. Not spears in his side, not the Romans with their rock over the tomb, not the Jews with their scheme to seal up the tomb. Nobody pins down Jesus, not in the resurrection and not before. So Jesus sits there, the picture of calm, the picture of cool, The picture of confidence, because that's the kind of Lord we have. Jesus is not the kind of guy to get pinned down. He's not the kind of guy to get flustered. He's not the kind of guy to lose his cool. So he sits there, and I think if we can imagine it this morning, I'm sure he had a smile on his face. The Jews thought they had him pinned. The Pharisees thought they had him embarrassed, but our Lord is lounging there next to this man with dropsy, and he's probably having a great time because Jesus doesn't care about being in the lowest place. Jesus doesn't care about being highly praised and highly esteemed and highly valued by the Pharisees. Jesus is quite comfortable next to a man with dropsy, even as he is quite comfortable with you. And isn't that why we love him? Because he first loved us. Why should Jesus care about any of us any more than he cared about some nameless guy with dropsy. Why should Jesus take time for us? And yet our Lord does. Why should Jesus give us promises? Why should Jesus give us time? Why should Jesus give us attention? And yet he does. And this is why we praise him. Because he still sits in this place of low esteem next to people like you and me, and he doesn't get flustered by it. He doesn't try to avoid us. He doesn't just sit there and think, how can I get away from these worthless people? He takes time for us just as he took time for that man. They thought they had him pinned in that lowest position, but they didn't know. They didn't know that Jesus is just as comfortable in the lowest spot as he is in the highest spot. He is just as comfortable on the cross as he is raised up in glory because, because our Lord Jesus is a man so full of love for us poor sinners that he doesn't care if people look at him sideways. He doesn't care if people whisper, look who he's sitting next to. He doesn't care how he is esteemed in the eyes of the world all around you because he would have you love him. That's the kind of Jesus we have. And so while they thought they had him pinned down, Jesus was just where he wanted to be. It was the Sabbath day, and you're not allowed to do any work on the Sabbath because you're supposed to be doing what God does on the Sabbath. That is the thought, isn't it? For six days, the Lord worked in creation, and on the seventh day, on the seventh day, he brought all that work of creation to its fitting conclusion, to rest. And so he set up a pattern for his creatures. His creatures are to follow, in his example, six days of work and one day of rest. The Pharisees had that down, didn't they? They had imbibed that thought so much so that they thought, you know, it's not enough that we just rest from our normal work. We need rules about this. We need rules about how far you're allowed to walk on the Sabbath day. We need rules about what kind of food you're allowed to cook on the Sabbath day. We need all kinds of rules so that people learn to relax. Isn't that awful? We need rules to relax. God gives a command. On the seventh day, you shall rest from all your labors. And we think, well, but why do I have to rest? I want to do something. And the Lord says, just take it easy. Just relax. Just rest in me. That was the whole point of the Sabbath day. But the Pharisees had butchered it all up. They had twisted it all and disfigured it so much so that it had become a burden. It had become a burden and a way for them to hold people down to pin people down, to restrict them, to restrain them, to enslave them. But Jesus breaks out of all of that and he shows them what the Sabbath was always meant to be. Is it lawful, you Pharisees? Is it lawful for me to heal this guy that you put me next to or not? Is this what the Sabbath day is all about, keeping my hands to myself and keeping my words to myself and keeping my thoughts to myself? Or aren't I supposed to give this man rest? Jesus breaks through all of their traps, Jesus breaks through all of their plans, and he gives that man with dropsy rest. Finally, relief from all the swelling, finally relief from all the pain, and then Jesus does something that I think is maybe almost even better than just the physical relief. He dismisses him. What good would that do? Well, just suppose, just suppose that your whole life you had been an object of ridicule. Just suppose that your whole life you had just been used by everybody. You had been treated as a nameless, faceless, personless thing. Someone to just be objectified. Jesus dismisses the man from the Pharisees so that they can no longer do that to him. He sets that man free from the condition that impacted his body, and he set that man free from all of those Pharisees around him, because that, that is what the Sabbath was always meant to be. Is it lawful, you Pharisees, to do this, or am I supposed to follow your rules? Is it lawful for me to give a man rest on the Sabbath if I can, or am I just supposed to sit here, Are you really the ones who are imitating your Father in heaven if you're just pinning people down, restraining them in? Or isn't it the work of my Father? Isn't it the joy of my Father to give rest? And they couldn't answer him, could they? Because as much as they thought they had Jesus right where they wanted him, as much as they thought they had pinned Jesus down and they had gotten him, nobody, nobody pins down our Lord. And he comes to give you the same kind of rest. That's what was going on in the house of those Pharisees. Jesus was undoing all of their restrictions. Jesus was setting free what they had bound up. And he didn't stop with that man with dropsy. He went on. To set people free through his teaching. See, he was down there in the lowest spot beneath the man with dropsy, and they thought, they thought that he would keep quiet. But you know Jesus, don't you? You know that he never keeps quiet. And so, even from the lowest place, he starts talking as if he were the host. Isn't that the way Jesus always is? He takes over because he is the master and nobody ever gets Jesus. Nobody ever puts him in a box. Nobody ever puts him in his place, but he speaks. And gloriously, gloriously, he sets free those he speaks to. So he looks at all those guests there who are operating with the mindset of a Pharisee. He looks at all those people who are coming into that feast and who are striving to be recognized, to be noticed, striving to get the place of highest honor, to see and be seen. Notice me. And Jesus says, you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. Don't strive to be recognized. Don't you know what's going to happen to you if you do that? You're going to get sent down. Take the lowest seat and let the one who called you lift you up. But see, that's the trouble, isn't it? With Pharisees long ago, and that's the trouble now. Because see, if I uh, wait for someone else to elevate me, well, what if he forgets? What if I get stuck next to some guy with dropsy? Wouldn't that be the worst? What if nobody ever recognizes me? What if nobody ever pays attention to me? What if nobody ever praises me? What if nobody ever pats me on the back and taps me on the head and say, you're doing such a wonderful job? What then? Don't I have to put myself forward? Don't I have to elevate myself? Don't I have to tell everybody to notice me and pay attention to me? Jesus wants you to be free of all that. And wouldn't it be nice Wouldn't it be nice to be free of trying to be noticed? The world around us doesn't know about that freedom, do they? They are slaves to this very thing. They are slaves to self-promotion, to self-recognition, to self-aggrandizement, and it is so easy to get sucked into that because it seems to make sense. It seems to make sense to live as if there wasn't someone who was going to lift you up. But Jesus has come to set you free from all that, to remind you that there is one who calls you to a feast and he will not forget you. That there is one who has called you to the feast and he sees everything that you do. He sees all of your struggles. He sees all of your burdens. He sees all the things that no one else will ever notice about you. And he says, at the right time, I will lift you up. And he even deems to call us friend. What an honor to be called a friend of Jesus greater love has no one that no one than this that he lays down his life for his friends but I Jesus says have called you friends what greater honor could you have in this world than being called a friend of Jesus what do you want to strive for what do you want to be recognized for that's more important than being called friend by Jesus Why should he befriend us? Why should he love us? What's so great about us? All of us are just as filthy, just as unclean, just as strange as this man with dropsy, and yet Jesus says, I want to call you my friends. So often we live as if Jesus did not matter So often we live as if God was not in his heavens, as if he was not watching us, as if he had not given us a promise that he will exalt those who are humbled. We take it upon ourselves to get everyone to pay attention to us. And Jesus today calls out to all of us, leave that behind, be free of all of that, rest from that fever, rest from that busyness, and I will exalt you at the right time. Humility. Humility and faith, they go together like, I don't know, peanut butter and jelly. Humility and faith, that's what Jesus is preaching there in the lowest spot. Humility and faith, which says, I know that even if no one else in this world sees me, little me, even if no one else in the world pays attention to little old me, there is a God above who sees all, and he will not forget me, he will not forsake me, for he has promised That those who humble themselves, he will exalt at the proper time. You are not like those Pharisees. You are not those who don't have a host, who don't have someone who has called you into a feast. You do not have, you are not masterless in this world. You have the Lord Jesus. Trust him. Wait for him. Do the work that he has called you to do without boasting, without taking pride, without shouting out to everybody, hey, pay attention to me and let him lift you up at the right time, for he surely will. How could he forget his friends? How could he forget his friends who are pure, for whom his hands were pierced? How could he forget his friends? He won't, dear friends. And this is the joy that we are looking forward to. This is the life that we are striving for. This is the honor that surpasses all earthly glory to hear Jesus say to you, friend, friend friend, come on up. And don't we experience that week after week? Isn't that exactly what happens in this place? Our master calls us to the feast, we take the lowest honor, we confess our sins, and he says, friend, I've died for those things. Let them be forgiven. And doesn't he keep lifting us up? Friends, come up higher. Let me teach you from my holy word. And he doesn't even stop there, for he says to us in the Holy Communion, friends, come close. Friends, come in. Friends, take and eat my very body. Take and drink my very blood. You have been lifted up to this place of honor so that you may trust this Lord Jesus, that as he has lifted you up here in this place, he will lift you up on the last day. Trust him. Be patient with him. Be humble in this world. Do the work that he has called you to do without shouting out for everybody to notice you. And let him, let him who has promised, lift you up at the right time. To him be the glory now and always. Amen.